7 a.m. Waking up in the morning, gotta be fresh, gotta go download, gotta get my podcast, gotta have it in my phones, hearing everything in the interviews going, talking on and on, everybody's joking, gotta get down to the train stop, gotta catch my train, I hear the end, kicking with Jacoby, sitting with Ross WB, gotta make my mind up, which writer is drunk. It's Black Heart Gold Pants, gotta get down on podcast. Everybody's looking forward to the podcast, podcast. Black Heart Gold Pants, gotta get down on podcast. Everybody's looking forward to the podcast, podcast. Party and party and party and party and fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to the podcast. Blackheart Gold Podcast, episode 75, and we had planned on using this one for the uh, March of Fornication special, but it's going to have to wait one one more podcast because uh, uh, big news out of Iowa City that was maybe the slowest arriving news of all time um, actually moved at about the speed of a, uh, a cruise ship. Of a cruise ship, yeah. Yes. <laughs> maybe one near Puerto Rico that's carrying the coaching staff. Um Greg Davis, former Texas offensive coordinator, has indeed been named as the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Iowa. Um, Davis spent 13 seasons, I think, 13 seasons in Austin prior to that. Um, We profiled him a while back, but um, we thought we would get a little bit closer to to ground zero of his last – his last job and bring in our good friend Peter Bean from Burn Orange Nation to uh, discuss what Texas fans thought of thought of Greg. Um, uh, he's already laughing at us. Uh, <laughs> Dean, how you doing? Good. You, you sound really excited to be talking to me. Uh, you know what? I, under yeah. other circumstances, I would love to. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> um, so, Davis was yeah, there. But- Davis was this is a little. It's a little bit, a little bit awkward. I feel like, uh, like a friend is calling me to, to ask about a, a girl I used to date or something. And you're like, dude, like, dude you realize she's batshit crazy, right? Like, uh, you really want the scoop? And that sounds about right from what we're, from what we're uh, hearing. Um, Thirteen years. In, in, yeah. In Austin. Um, uh, ups and downs. To be fair. To be fair, it was. Uh, you know, we, we won a national title in there, uh, t- two Big 12 titles. Um, it, it wasn't all bad. Um, there are some good things about Greg Davis, which we'll, we'll talk about, but uh, he was he was the source of much consternation, uh, which I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll also talk about. Yes, um, let's let's uh, let's start at least with the positives. Um, you mentioned uh, national championship in 05 with Vince Young. Um, the numbers really weren't that bad, uh, you know, throughout the, the tenure until the last year, which was a train wreck by any stretch of the imagination. Um, what's the, the consensus around Austin? Is it that that it was talent that made Greg Davis's offenses look good, or was Greg Davis getting the most out of the talent? Uh more, more of the former than the latter. Uh, to, to Greg Davis's credit, um, I, I think the word that uh, our good friend Scipio Tex used uh, over at, at uh, the Great Texas Blog Barking Carnival was malleable. 
Um, and, and he is malleable. You know, Texas ran a lot of different offenses. We were kind of a pure pro-style uh, offense under Major Applewhite and, and then uh, Chris Sims, and we kind of uh, round peg square hold it for a while with Vince Young until uh, Greg Davis reinvented that and installed Vince Young's high school offense, and then we got basically the you know one of the greatest, if not the greatest, offenses uh, in college football history. Uh, and then he kind of reinvented things again with with Colt McCoy and got the most out of him. Um, so you know that that's to his credit. Um, he, he he's not married to any one thing, uh, and he will. And he he showed uh, some really nice, probably the the most impressive thing he did. Uh, I mean, the most important thing he did was was letting Vince be Vince. Probably the most impressive thing he did was early in the 2008 season, which was not supposed to be a good year for Texas. Uh, We lost our tight end in the second game, and uh, Davis kind of reinvented the offense uh, right there in week two and put Colt McCoy and and Jordan Shipley in a position to, to really succeed and if you ask the Texas fan, the, the Longhorns should have played for a national title that year. Um, that was really impressive. What you know, to, to shifting to the negatives already. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it took long. Uh, yeah. Once defenses started to adjust to his adjustment, like there was no counter adjustment, um, and it was just you know banging our heads into a wall trying to do the same thing. Uh, against defenses that knew what was coming, and there was no counter adjustment after that. Um, so you know, it, it, he he he's a mix of good and bad, and and probably the the best thing you can say about him is that he's he's uh, he's pretty adaptable, and um, you know he he is a uh, by by all accounts a good quarterbacks coach. He's not incompetent. Uh, you guys didn't hire a. Uh, Bozo and um, oh, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, but he he uh, he has his his uh, blind spots and he has his kind of tendencies and his approach that he gets married to at times. And uh, when he's slow to adapt, it's not that he can't adapt; it's that he's slow to adapt sometimes. And it is god awful frustrating to watch <laughs> uh, when, when you can see what the change needs to be made uh, and it's it's not being made. Uh, would you say that the um, the overarching meme of the horizontal offense uh, <laughs> is that is that a fair uh, thing to uh, description of the, the Greg Davis offense, or is that just um, you know just it kind of it kind of is. And on, on one level, right, like everybody hates their offensive coordinator, right? Like you have yeah. to. It's just part of part mm-hmm. of part of the thing. Uh, you're only defensive masterminds. If you're an offensive mastermind, you're, you're gimmicky, right? But, um, but, but it's also true, <laughs> like David, like it's not just a, uh, you know, expression of, of normal hatred of the offensive coordinator. A great example, 2010, <laughs> we get trucked by UCLA at home, bad UCLA team, right? And they just run us out of our own stadium again. <laughs> After the game, Greg Davis, Tells reporters, I can't believe this came out of his mouth. Well, we wanted to go sideline to sideline with him and try to wear him out that way. And we just, he's just like, <laughs> oh wow. 
like, wow, he really just said that. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's a there's a great T-shirt. Uh, I'll have to email you guys the uh, if you haven't seen it already uh, the image so you can uh, share it with with your uh, no doubt excited readers of the, the Greg Davis offense and and all the arrows are are going uh, left and right. <laughs> um. Let's talk uh, quarterbacks. Obviously, he had some pretty incredible recruits that, that, that he was working with. Vince Young was a five-star. Um, I think Applewhite was a four. Um, and Chris Sims was, the, you know, Phil Sims's kid. He was the golden boy. Yeah. Colt McCoy right. was, wasn't necessarily that highly regarded and turned into a, a Heisman contender, though. Is his work as a developer better than his work as a coordinator? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um he, he is a good quarterbacks coach. I think I think everybody agrees. Maybe gets overblown a little bit, um, you know. But but it's it's a legitimate strength of his. Um, he is good working with quarterbacks, um, and, and he he did a nice job at Texas of kind of building building the offense to each each quarterback's strength. Um, but at the same time, you know. You, you nailed it. You had some pretty special talent there, and when he didn't have the talent, you know, the wheels came off uh, in, in 2010, and it was I mean, that was that was one of the ugliest offensive seasons imaginable. <laughs> uh, uh, and he, you know, he doesn't. He just didn't seem to understand, um, you know, the kind of some of the value in, in downfield passing and, and this is you know where his reputation as a horizontal guy. I mean he likes he likes to take the stuff that's there underneath um, and can do so effectively, particularly when he's got a running game uh, that can really uh, really hum. But without it, uh, the, the the passing game the passing game is a complement to a great running game. Uh, Davis does fine. Uh, the passing game or the running game is not strong, uh, you know, duck. Um, so if you're looking short-term evaluation, uh, how's your running game looking next year? If it's looking great, um, you, know, you, you can feel good about things. If not, uh, I, I'd be nervous. Well, you know, with us, it's always we have so many running backs sitting around just waiting to get snacks <laughs> that that's not right. an issue at all. Yeah, it, it, it's not like we've got a program curse over their last five seasons with that exact uh, position or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like QBs with UCLA and running backs with Iowa. Yeah, it's about right. Um, well, well, freely acknowledging that uh, recruiting rankings are um, uh, sometimes inaccurate, and while while acknowledging that uh, draft position. Uh, isn't necessarily a um, great indicator of, um, of of college success. Um, would would you say that the uh, the places where the Texas quarterbacks get drafted, you know, the ones that Greg Davis has coached, uh, relative to their recruiting ranking, would, is, is that um, is that something that, that your uh, Please with like like is it a pretty good record or or are there those guys where you're like I can't believe Greg Davis only got you know X amount out of the number three QB or anything like that? 
<laughs> yeah, see, we're, we're we're in the segment where we're searching for positives here. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I mean, Vince Young was, I mean, uh, it would have been a catastrophic failure not to get a national title out of that guy. He was so talented. Um, but Cole McCoy is a, is a different story. Um, but but I think mean, he was underrated coming into college, probably from a talent perspective. Um, he's he's uh, he's a lot better than in fact than I gave him credit for. Um, but but Davis had a hand in that, and uh, you know I, I think the the bigger you know Davis did not do a good job recruiting um, uh, in, in terms of offensive depth, and if you look at Look at Texas 2011 season and how many true freshmen uh, we were playing on, and how bare our uh, upper classmen cupboards were. Um, he he got really complacent in recruiting, and I, I think that would be kind of my big worry uh, as an Iowa fan. Is you know did, does he have the uh, drive to go out and? Uh, work the recruiting trail like you have to. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he's you know I, that at that age, would I want to? Probably not. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's one of the one of the nice things about a young staff is they're hungry and they're willing to to put in those long hours. And um, you know, Craig Davis put those in at some point too, but he really started to fall off. Um, after we won the national title, and you know maybe maybe he'll be re-energized now uh, after, after the fallout of Texas, but but I think that would that would have to be a concern of mine. Well, Ferentz has said in the past that he really wouldn't mind having an offensive coordinator who didn't recruit at all. If you well, there you go, him. you got the perfect man. So it sounds like he might have found his guy. Uh, yeah, um, I kind of want to go a little bit further into that because the one saving grace for some people, at least, has been. You know, Iowa's teams in the 80s and 90s were built largely on Aiden Fry's connections into Texas, and those have been uh-huh. kind of dry ever since he left. There, we've gotten a few guys here and there. Drew Tay came out of there, but um, but for the most part, they don't really recruit Texas as hard as they used to. Um, obviously, when you're at Texas, you don't really leave the state that much to go get talent. Um, what was his reputation and, and will that be able to? You already have the reputation, but will he be able to take his connections there and bring those to find the kind of second tier kids that I was usually after? Well, it, it should help because you know, I mean, the one one of the things that Mac Brown has has done, I mean, really better than anybody is he laid uh, laid the foundation throughout the state with the, the high school coaches, um, and I mean, he just. He went instead of just going to the kids. He went to the coaches, um, and you know, Greg Davis was there from the beginning, so he was a part of that. His connections in the state, um, and he, he's going to have them all over. Uh, it can only help. Um, again, the, the, he, he seemed to get complacent uh, and take a lot of questionable, a lot of questionable takes, and kind of. Some lazy evaluations uh, late late in his tenure in Texas, um, but, but there, there should be. I, I wouldn't doubt that he's he's going to have uh, a network of coaches he can call on. That, that I'd have to imagine would, would help Iowa. So, so Peter, what was what happened in 2010? I mean, obviously, 
that was the the one kind of anomaly in a string of relatively good offenses. Why did the whole thing just fall apart? Well, you had a you had we had no running game, uh, and, and we had uh, a, a quarterback. We had offensive line that had deteriorated due to terrible recruiting, um, and that this should help a bit Iowa. Uh, yeah, you know that that that's one thing that that Kirk Ferentz does very well, of course. Um, and had a bad bad offensive line, no running game. Uh, uh, a quarterback who didn't see the, the the field very well, and an offensive coordinator uh, who just kept trying uh, the same dink and dunk offense that didn't help anything and made it extremely easy for the defense. Uh, I mean, it's really really easy when you know probably the the most frustrating game for me during the uh, Greg Davis era um, was maybe a. I mean, 2010 was a train wreck. But 2009, right, when we tried not to get to the national title game best we were able, um, <laughs> you know, playing Colorado, who was not good this year, and Colorado just brought their safeties up, pressed their corners, and said, we're going to take away uh, we're going to take away your little, what we know you want to do with Jordan Shipley, and dare you to do anything else. And, and we couldn't or wouldn't or both. Um, you know, kind of pulled away. We got a punt return touchdown, and you know, it was just a it was just a kind of a pathetic win over a bad team that really you kind scored thirty eight points. Did we? We didn't score thirty eight points <laughs> that game, did we? It was thirty eight to fourteen. <laughs> I probably well look at the first half. It was a really bad <laughs> first half. <laughs> Yeah, this irrational hatred part coming out, but uh, <laughs> uh, if, if you watch the game, you 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 would know what I mean. Especially the first half, uh, mm-hmm. um, it, I mean, it was bad, and I think we had a defensive score and a punt return touchdown. So it's not as bad as the not as good as the score would indicate, which right. is not something you, you you tend to want to say about your team. But <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, you're. Uh, the, in, in terms of yardage, in 2010, um, Texas was, well, by Texas standards, it wasn't very good at all, but uh, you guys were ranked 58th in the nation. Uh, but uh, it, in terms of scoring, that went all the way down to, to 88, uh, which uh, I'm surprised DKR didn't collapse. Um, <laughs> and a lot of that was garbage touchdowns. I mean, it, it was... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we scored late. We scored, you know, I think uh, uh, we had a bunch of scores on uh, special teams. Our defense was was pretty salty that year. Uh, I mean, it was it was even worse than the numbers suggest, and the numbers were bad. So, is that just problems in the red zone, or is that uh, turnovers, or I mean, is that something that you that you put at Greg Davis' feet, or is that? Just having trouble getting in the end zone. It, what? it was a culmination of, of years of kind of systemic failures that uh, we overcame with a really remarkably talented playmaker in Cole McCoy and, and really Jordan Shipley. And then once we didn't have those two, all those weaknesses uh, were, were glaring all of a sudden. You know, I mean, you, you think about. 
2009 Texas. They had a great defense. They had Colt McCoy and Shipley, and, and that was a really good team. And if Colt doesn't get hurt, you know, who knows what happens. But, yeah. you know, this team that, that barely, barely beat Nebraska uh, for the Big 12 title, lots of these games, you know, terrible. We didn't play well against Wyoming. It, it was just a terrible. Uh, uh, Hold on a second, Peter. Oh. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, uh, Adam. Take your voice out. Bye. Somebody just tell the dog that Iowa hired Greg Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the dog's an Iowa State fan, so once you figured out who we were actually talking about, it was, was lights out. Um, all right, Greg. anyway. First off, let me let me step in here real quick and and defend Peter. Yes, they won that game 38-14, to but they won it with – a blocked punt for a touchdown, interception for a touchdown, and a punt return. Yeah, okay, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> okay, I knew we played well, that game. game. <laughs> I mean, um, doesn't doesn't Greg Davis receive at least partial credit for being on the same staff uh, <laughs> in the same program as the defense who scored those touchdowns? You know that that's uh, that's winning by association, and uh, and maybe he can bring some of that to Iowa. Yeah, and and you know. Uh, Again, I mean, it, he's 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 really good against bad defenses, which you know that's not nothing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, part part of a, a great team is is being able to kick the shit out of bad teams. Um, and, and you always knew we were in for a good year when we were doing that. Um, yeah, and and you know, I, I think the, the the you know you also had you had a Texas fan base that. Uh, you know, we run a, it's been a really pretty dark 30 years program. Uh, the Daryl Royal in the, uh, 60s and uh, early 70s, three national titles. And then we had just 30 years where we, you know, we were pretty much irrelevant. Uh, um, and, and, you know, so there was a lot of pressure. Um, and, and we're at, at the 10 and 2, Year, I mean, Chris Sims was vilified as, I mean, you would have thought the guy was just, you know, Garrett Gilbert terrible. I mean, the guy was <laughs> actually really quite good. He just wasn't national title good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Texas fans just were not, I mean, they loved the guy for, for not being, winning the big games and, uh, loved, grew to love Greg Davis for the, for the same reasons. And, you know, when the first shutout and, However many years in 2004 when we lost 12 to zero to Oklahoma uh, with Vince Young at quarterback, like I mean that's that's just I mean that's felony incompetent, right? Um, <laughs> so and, and you know you lose five straight to Oklahoma, which we did in there. Um, you know, th- these are the reasons that that Greg Davis was uh, was particularly. Uh, you know, the, the reactions were particularly visceral, despite the fact that, you know, when you look at it, big picture, God's eye view, yeah, he did, did quite a lot of good things. You know, his, his overall resume at Texas, if you didn't, you took out all the context, man, the guy did pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I thought when I, when I was writing about him was, you know, when you look at the actual raw data, it doesn't look like he had that bad of a run up until the last season. But Exactly. But with that, it's, 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 part, it's, part of that's the context is really stuff. personal, yeah. Right. Um, and, and some of that is, you know, again, I really think 
you always hate your offensive coordinator, right? So Brian Harson came in, and <laughs> this year he did a great job with a, a pretty <laughs> uh, shitty situation. And, you know, as, as soon as we started to struggle at all, it's goddamn those gimmick plays, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, I, I think it's not that everybody hates their offensive coordinator. I think it's that everybody hates their offensive coordinator after year three. Because then you start, you know, there's enough data points that, uh, and there are enough shitty games where you're like, well, I think I see the pattern here. And, and there's no such thing as an offensive coordinator without, um, you know, some shitty games in, in four plus years because, uh, those guys don't stay at offensive coordinator very long. So yeah, unless, uh, unless I, in the SEC, right? And then it's then it's all okay. Right, uh, right, right. They don't even seem to try. Are they even trying on offense in the SEC? I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, no. That, that's called a, a conference where they play defense too. That's, <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> well, Peter, um, before we let you go, uh, give us. Uh, what do you think Greg Davis will do at Iowa, considering that you know the the four and five star talent well will be drying up? There's just no way that Iowa gets gets guys like that. How do you see him adapting to to life on the other side? Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see. I think you know I mentioned it earlier, but um, I think probably the most hopeful hopeful sign if you're an Iowa fan is, look, Kirk Ferentz knows what he's doing with the offensive line. You can catch a break in one of these years and with your running back, uh, and you, you actually have a, a, a running game you can count on, you can do a lot worse than Greg Davis. Um, and and he's, he's good at bringing uh, quarterbacks along. Um, and, yeah, the, the I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's not the worst hire you could make. It's it's not the the best, and particularly if if Ferentz is serious about the fact that he's not looking for his offensive coordinator to to be a lifeblood of the recruiting effort. Um, you know that mitigates uh, you know a substantial chunk of what I would be concerned about in hiring Greg Davis uh, mm-hmm. in terms of you know installing an offense and uh, getting the most out of what he's got on hand, um, you know, he's, he's proven he can do that. Um, and, and, you know, maybe he's got some, some fire after the way things ended at Texas and, you know, give him a decent quarterback and a good running game. And, uh, you know, he knows what to do with that. Hey, one thing. Yeah. Before, but, go ahead. Adam. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the, uh, the, 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 the part about him being able to bring quarterbacks along is, uh, it's really good to hear because one of the most totally underrated aspects of Ken O'Keefe's tenure at Iowa was uh, his record. It wasn't flawless, but it was pretty damn good of actually developing uh, talent at quarterback. Uh, and, and even uh, the past two QBs that Iowa's had, uh, you know, Ricky Stanzi uh, was a you know, mid-three star. I'm, I'm not sure he had any other Big Ten offers, uh, and he ended up Presenting the, um, oh yeah, and and Purdue, um, but no, you know he ended up setting <laughs> he set the Iowa record for career uh, efficiency, and then James Vandenberg was some two-star slapdick out of Keokuk, and uh, and he went for 25 TDs in his very first 
you're starting as a, as a redshirt junior. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think that it's fair to expect miracles of development out of Greg Davis or anything like that. But, you know, the, the, the fact that he's, um, yeah, that's know, something he's good at. And guys and better. To, yeah. And if you had to, if you really had to kind of boil it down to its essence, um, Texas started to struggle when our offensive line, uh, recruiting went to shit. Uh, and, and that's on him. Um, but, you know, I, I, let's say he doesn't have that problem at Iowa, which there's very good reason to believe he won't. You know, that, that, that mitigates another chunk of the, uh, of the concern. And, you know, maybe, maybe this is a position where, where his strengths can shine and, uh, his, his weaknesses are mitigated, in which case, you know, you've got yourself a pretty solid offensive coordinator. So there, look at that. We found hey, the positive. Okay, hey, there, there's, there's our, our quote right there. You've got yourself a pretty good offensive coordinator. <laughs> Peter Bean, Brown, Station. Peter Bean, Brown, Station. I know. Now I'm going to be able to show my face at, uh, at my own blog. But. We'll keep this very quiet. Um, <laughs> hey, real quick, Peter, before we let you go. Um, when he was, when things were going well in 05, when he was, you know, winning offensive coordinator of the year or whatever award it was he was winning and, and uh, you know, Vince Young was destroying worlds. Um, was was there any talk of him going back to head coaching? I mean, I know he'd been a head coach at Tulane for a while. It didn't go very well. Yeah, um, he, he interviewed at uh, SMU and I forget what year. And I don't think he's got – there's a reason he hasn't been hired as a head coach. And, and you'll, you'll get it when you watch his press conferences. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's not the most charismatic fellow. Uh, he's kind of robotic. Oh, and that's another thing we didn't get to. Um, but, but we should probably end this on a negative so I can, uh, <laughs> face, face he's a robot career. is what you're saying. He's an actual literal robot. He's, he's got this thing here. I said he had all these failures against, you know, anytime he had a, a, a bad game where the offense got shut down, uh, aka played a, a well-coached team. Um, he, he'd say, well, gosh, you know, we charted it and, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they only blitzed 12% on that down a distance, and they blitzed 40% this game, and by golly, we just didn't expect that. They're like, oh, geez, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I remember him saying that about Iowa. Uh-huh. I remember him saying yeah, that. The Alamo Bowl. Yeah, they only blitzed 7% of the time, and he, they were up <laughs> around 30%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank God, who could have? I mean, who could have imagined that? Uh, <laughs> now I feel good, better. Good, good luck. Uh, you know, he, he, he's. Uh, I don't know if you can t- teach an old dog new tricks, but. Uh, well, between yeah. between the no recruiting and the no press conference rules that Ferentz has, he'll he'll fit perfectly into what. I, th- I, I think. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the more I hear, the more it sounds like uh, he found uh, he found his home. Yeah. We'll, we'll take them, I suppose. Um, Peter Bean, Burn Orange Nation, if you aren't reading there, what the hell is stopping you? Um, thanks for being on, bud. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Have a good night.